Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On today's episode, there is nothing like a fresh cover of snow to brighten up your farmyard. It also covers those unfinished projects and unsightly piles of garbage or old equipment. But when the time comes to sell your farmland, all of that junk will have an impact on the value of your property. Wayne Lowry with Farm Credit Canada in Lethbridge, Alberta, says with time and a little bit of money, small improvements can make your land more valuable. Wayne will have some helpful hints to get producers ready for the big sale in order to get the best dollar value. Americans have elected their new leader, Joe Biden, will be the 46th president of the United States. A change in administration usually impacts the agriculture sector, but is the election the main factor affecting grain prices? Exceed Grain Marketing Senior Consultant Wayne Palmer will look back at the Trump administration and the events leading to a change in power, what a Biden administration means for agriculture in the U.S., Canada and around the world. How supply is the biggest factor affecting commodity prices, advice for farmers still holding grain, and when will be the best time to sell. After the break, FCC's Wayne Lowry. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarland. Wayne Lowry is a senior relationship manager with Farm Credit Canada, and he is based in Lethbridge, Alberta. Wayne, we're going to be talking about getting your farmland ready for sale. And I guess, first of all, is it worth spending the money to make improvements needed to get that land ready? The simple answer is absolutely yes. Uh, certainly investing a few extra dollars to spruce things up a bit is uh, is wise to do prior to uh, putting a property on the market. Let's focus first on property that includes a yard site. Uh, Wayne, what should landowners be focusing on first as far as making improvements? Uh, certainly the yard site should be a priority. I mean, it's the, it's the heart of the farm and and kind of the central point of all farm activity. Um, So some of the things that can be done to uh, spruce things up to get it on the market, uh, certainly keeping the yard in a, in a tidy state, having, uh, having grass mowed. And if there's excess or tall grass around the yard, get a trash mower in and, mow all that stuff down and another thing would be to clean up any old equipment uh most of yard sites have old implements laying around that haven't been used for a number of years Uh, get a scrap iron truck to come in and clean all that stuff up and take it out Uh, if there's any old buildings that really aren't functional anymore uh tear them down and level out the site and uh, another thing that could be done is uh, bring some gravel in. Uh, you know, the areas that are traveled on the yard site, put a fresh coat of gravel over it. And that uh, often makes things look real attractive when someone's entering into the yard site. If that property was part of a livestock operation, then there's likely some fencing that needs some attention as well. 
Yes, absolutely. If there's certainly if there's old uh, feed yards or, or pens out there that aren't being used or aren't functional, uh, remove them. Level out the area, um, seed it into some grass or doing something uh, like that to replace it. And if they are still functional, then you know, replace the old boards, any broken boards, uh, put in some good gates where the gates are located, uh, and, and just get the, uh, uh, the, uh, cattle feeding area in, in good, in good working order. So let's focus on the cropland itself. Now, most farmers are doing this already, but getting a handle on weeds so the land looks like it's been well cared for uh, should be a priority as well? Absolutely. Uh, weed control is is a definite priority when you're looking at uh, cropland. Uh, there's nothing more unsightly than looking at a piece of property that's that's, you know, riddled with multitudes of different kinds of weeds. So, you know, if there's anything like that, uh, it would certainly be worth the value to to apply a desiccant and just clean everything right off. You kind of start with a clean slate. And along the fence lines or the property boundaries, uh, just make sure that there's not a- anything out of sorts, I guess, around the around the property line. Sometimes there's also pieces of equipment that someone's just parked on the edge of a field or or uh, something like that that could just get cleaned up. And if there is a perimeter fence around the property, then make sure that that's in a good state of repair. Wayne Lowry is with Farm Credit Canada, and we're talking about the number of ways that a farmer can prepare his property for a sale. Wayne, uh, for the farmers that have access to irrigation, is it worth spending the money to have that accessible to a farm and having that done before a sale? Does that help improve the price for the property? For sure. Uh, Certainly the trend is uh, with with a good cultivated cropland, if there's the uh, ability or opportunity to add irrigation to it, uh, it increases the, the value significantly of that piece of property. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, people might think it's a little expensive to to invest in that kind of uh, improvement. However, the returns by having it there are are much more than what the costs are to to uh, having it put in. For properties that have native grasses, is there an advantage to keeping that in, or is it does it make more sense uh, dollar wise for the sale to uh, have that ready for grain and oil seed production? Uh, when we're talking about ranch land, uh, uh, typically uh, ranch land is in some of the more marginal soil types and conditions and its best use is in in native grass production. So if you have those types of properties, uh, it often devalues the property by cultivating it and and, uh, those marginal soils often just don't take very well to to, uh, 
planting team grass or, or other crop varieties and and for ranchers it's uh there's definitely a preference to to seek out good native grass uh fields for their cattle. Why is it important to have your property assessment up to date when it comes to determining the sale price for that land? Uh Again, the more accurate and current information you have on your property, the the more appealing it is, and and the uh, the better it is for a potential purchaser. So, by having all that stuff in order, by the time you put it on the market, uh, that's ready readily available for a purchaser that they can peruse and and gain what information they can uh, from from that information. Wayne, is there a role for experts or agronomists uh, in helping a farmer get their land ready for sale? And um, it, obviously, it's going to cost them a little bit of money to do that. But is there a benefit to that? For sure. Uh, in in my experience of seeing that uh, those folks that uh, use the services of a good ecologist often... Uh, are able to have better production on on the land they have. The agrologist knows the soil type and and uh, what the nutrients the soil is lacking, and can give you advice on what to apply to get the best results out of uh, a crop that you have seeded there. So, the money invested, in, in my opinion, certainly has good returns back to you by having a a productive crop in the field and and it just uh, uh, looks that much better to a potential buyer to see a, a good healthy growing crop in the field. So Wayne just in summary maybe run down some of the most important issues that uh, property owners need to address before they sell that farmland. Well first and foremost is uh, pay attention to the curb appeal. Uh, so having things cleaned up, having a yard site that looks tidy and orderly and uh, is very functional, uh, that would be my top priority. Uh, next to that would be uh, to have fields that are free of weeds and, and are well-maintained and looked after. And, uh, and then just to make sure that all the buildings that are in use are in in good working order and and in good shape. And even the smallest improvements can certainly help uh, when it comes to determining a sale price and uh, getting that property sold quickly. For sure. I mean, it's, uh, you know, in just about every case, the, the land and property is the biggest investment an individual will ever own. So when it comes time to sell it, you certainly want to get the best value out of that investment that you possibly can. So putting a little bit of money in it, into it to spruce it up, I think, is a very wise decision. Farm Credit Canada's Senior Relationship Manager, Wayne Lowry. He's based in Lethbridge, Alberta. After the break, we'll speak to Wayne Palmer with Exceed Grain Marketing. And Wayne will tell us about how the commodity markets reacted to the Biden victory in the United States election. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. 
It took several days to determine a very long wait, but Americans now know that Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States. Exceed Grain Marketing Senior Consultant Wayne Palmer is here. And Wayne, first of all, let's look back at the Trump administration and its impact on the commodity markets. Well, it's it's a bit of a long story, Alice. Um, Trump uh, back at the beginning of last year signed a deal, phase one trade deal with the Chinese. We got hooked up to, with this uh, COVID. Uh, world shut down. Uh, Chinese, including everybody else, was not buying anything. Um, we fast forward that to. Uh, Planting the crops in North America, everything looked fantastic. Um, when it uh, came to July and August, Trump started to, because prices were going down, um, and the Chinese were not stepping up to the plate, fulfilling their phase one trade commitments. Trump was giving out uh, a lot of handouts to the U.S. producer because prices were going straight down. No demand. Uh, the technical side of it was very, very bearish. Funds had all-time record short positions. Then we had a complete turnaround here in August when we made contract lows. Funds had record positions, record short positions. And it all started with the U.S. crop. Uh, just all of a sudden, uh, crop ratings came in, were deteriorating week by week. All of a sudden, the Chinese uh, started to look at buying. Other foreign end users started to buy. Crop got worse. And then as we got into September and October and with the election just around the corner, um, everybody was sort of saying, gee whiz, uh, this election looks very, very close. What happens if Biden gets elected? First thought was that Trump made the stock market rally. Uh, Trump was the catalyst upon getting new highs. And as the campaign ramped up, it really looked like it didn't matter who won the election. Because all of a sudden we had a bull market in commodities, which was really going and uh, people were taking money out of the stock market, putting into commodities because we had a bull, bull market going on. But then having said that, Alice, the stock market held its own as well. So then when we have the final results of the U.S. election, and Biden is going to be the next president of the United States. And of course, Trump uh, still thinks that there's uh, a miraculous hope for him, but uh, that really, you know, doesn't really, uh, people, uh, he is is who he is, and it's not coming as a major shock of of how he's acting uh, without giving up the reins uh, in a very gracious manner. Alice, uh, this past week, we had the stock market make an all-time record highs with the president-elect Biden going to be the next president. We've got the, 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 the grains making highs we haven't seen in four years. Uh, grain prices are going through the roof because we have a major problem on supply. And it's come from not just from the United States and from North America, but it's coming from South America, drought-like conditions, coming from Russia, drought-like conditions, coming from Australia. And they're not getting the needed rain right now. Um, So this market has gone from being into a bear market, season's lows in August, to 
highs we haven't seen in four years in October and carrying over to November. And then, and then on, uh, on last week, um, on Friday, we got a tremendously bullish USDA that just confirmed the numbers globally and in the United States that carryout numbers are going to be at levels we haven't seen in six, seven years. And the demand is just totally ramped up. Then you also bring into it through this election process is the U.S. dollar. Once Biden, once once it was once it was thought that Biden was going to be the next president, and Biden, of course, being a liberal, and all the handouts, the U.S. dollar made lows not seen in over three years. Of course, really helped the Canadian dollar, but as the U.S. dollar was making these lows, it again was another catalyst to make the U.S. grains a lot cheaper to foreign and international buyers. Wayne Palmer is a senior consultant with Exceed Grain Marketing, and we're talking about the recent U.S. election. So we're moving from a Republican government to Democratic government. Do you see anything in President-elect Biden's administration uh, making any changes in ag policy that might create some sort of a blip? Uh, for the commodity markets? That's a very good question, Alice. The, that's the reason that the Republicans got uh, such a huge uh, percentage of the vote is that they're petrified of Biden and petrified of Biden being a liberal and all the handouts that he may have. I really don't think it's going to affect grain prices Grain prices are really a form of supply demand. And when you get to these kind of prices, let's face it, farmers are doing very, very well. I mean, when you can have canola trading at $10 a bushel in August and trading at twelve fifty a bushel in October, and they're still making a little bit of money at $10, can you imagine how much money they're making at twelve fifty a bushel? The same thing down south. We had soybeans trading around 950 a bushel they're now trading closer to 1150 a bushel that's two dollars a bushel in three months of trading and if a farmer uh, especially and again this was unprecedented else i've never seen a bull market in the middle of the u.s harvest so when biden was gaining more and more momentum grain prices were still going higher so in the near term I really don't think that you're going to see much of a change in policy. I think Biden is going to keep a status quo. He knows that the Republicans are going to be, it's going to be very difficult to pass anything with the Republicans holding a lot of the percentages in the Senate and in their House. He's going to be up against City Hall in that regard. But I just don't see any big changes coming up where it's going to affect the world prices or North American prices. Wayne, now as we move through winter and early spring, is there anything that you've mentioned that could change uh, that would cause prices to drop? So what are the biggest issues on your mind right now? Two, two huge things. Great question. Two huge things. Back in March and April, when we first learned of COVID, the world went into lockdown, meaning borders were closed. Um, you couldn't ship any grain. Uh, nobody was in a buying mood. Everybody was more interested in their safety and their and and, and their uh, the people in, in in the country's safety as well. 
COVID is spiking globally. I do not believe that they're going to uh, stop shipments of grain. But when people's lives are at stake, uh, there's a there's priorities to be made. If the government leaders would stop shipping and protect their people so that there isn't this uh, going back and forth of grain, the people and whatever, COVID is here to stay for a while, though a vaccine uh, may be around the corner, and that means maybe six months to a year. If they stop that and all of a sudden the government leaders would come out with an edict and say, um, the world is going to go into shutdown here for a month or two. Grain prices have nowhere to go but lower because you're going to have that stopping. The, the buying impulses will stop. And because you have the funds who have got positions on, um, they have an all-time record canola position on. Their long corn, uh, as much as we haven't seen since March of 2011, soybeans long position with the managed money fund, haven't seen this kind of a position since 2006, meaning technically they are overbought. They control so much of the open interest that if there is a catalyst and something unforeseen that says prices are going lower, the funds don't care about demand. They don't care about supply. They don't care about anything but the charts on where the red line meets the blue line. If we trend lower, funds with these massive, massive long positions are going to take this market because they'll say one thing, I want out. And that means panic selling from the technical side. What we've seen is unprecedented. So what is your message to farmers who are holding grain right now? Well, the Saskatchewan farmers had, I think, a a bad go of it. Um, Canola yields uh, were projected much higher than what they came in at. The farmer probably is in 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 a cash adequate situation. I definitely would not get myself into an oversold position. But if you are an undersold producer and you have got a lot of grain in storage in the middle of winter, I would look at selling a percentage of that and taking my very, very generous profits and locking it in. If I am, if I am only, if I, if I am 25% sold, I would get myself up to 50% sold. If I'm anywhere around 60 to 75% sold, I would hold tight because long-term canola looks like in 2021, it'll be trading at prices quite a bit better than they are right now because supplies are dwindling, demand is unbelievable, and you have the Malaysian palm oil, which is uh, trading at an eight-year high, is causing the soy oil to make new highs daily and that transposes over to canola oil. So you have China taking as much canola oil as the canola crushers can make, and you also have foreign buyers taking canola oil. We could have a problem in late or in, in, in late April, maybe the beginning of summer, of having uh, a demand or a demand-driven market with no supplies, and you might have to shut off the tap because we may run out of canola. But... 
I gave you the scenario that it could be very, very bearish, and that's why it's always better to be safe than sorry, especially when you're making huge profits. Wayne Palmer is a senior commodity consultant with Exceed Grain Marketing. It's time for the weekly agriculture news roundup for the week of November 9th, 2020. A new U.S. president likely won't lead to any quick changes in agricultural policy, but there is definitely a rural-urban divide in the United States. Mary Kay Thatcher is a senior manager of U.S. federal government relations with Syngenta. She said President-elect Biden will not be looking to make any major changes on agricultural issues. She says President Trump has been generous with farm aid programs in an effort to solidify political support in agricultural states. Thatcher said that probably won't continue under a Biden administration. There have been many reports of CN and CP Rail moving record amounts of grain in the 2020-21 crop year. And while those numbers are correct, they don't tell the entire story, according to the Ag Transport Coalition. Milt Poirier is with QGI Consulting and manages the weekly reports. The coalition reported CN supplied only 71% of cars ordered, with CP at 88%. Poirier noted that 75% of shippers received fewer than 65% of cars ordered on time from CN Rail. TELUS is positioning itself in the farming sector. TELUS Agriculture will use its telecommunications networks to power farming and food technologies such as autonomous tractors and soil sensors. TELUS Agriculture Canada President Chris Terrace said the company will provide supply chain management and data analytics services to businesses at each level of the food chain. Over the course of the year, TELUS completed several key acquisitions to connect every participant in the agriculture value chain. A new internet speed test will give people living anywhere in Saskatchewan a chance to test their internet against what their internet contracts promise. The project is a partnership between the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan and the Canadian Internet Registration Authority. The data collected will help establish a baseline for internet service levels in the province. Wheat production around the world was lowered 2.2 million tons this month because of lower output in Ukraine and Argentina due to dry weather. And the latest market outlook from Sask Wheat trade for the crop year is expected to set a new record with stronger demand from China, the European Union, Morocco, Pakistan and Egypt. Wheat ending stocks in 2021 were cut by $3.8 million this month, mostly on downward revisions in the EU, Russia and the U.S. Canadian wheat shipments are 23% higher than last year, with the largest increases to China and Peru. The Alberta Crop Protection Guide will now be produced by four major crop commissions. Alberta Wheat, Barley, Canola and Pulse will work together to create the newest edition of the Blue Book, which is considered the first resource for crop protection information for farmers and agronomists in that province. The commissions have also hired a consultant to take the lead on additions and updates in the newest edition. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarlane for more weekly episodes. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Pattison Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.